0: Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Hey everybody, it's Joe Trippy
1: and welcome back to that Trippy Show. Fun fact, our podcast usually averages a hair under 29 minutes. That means Trump could have listened to 16 shows during his seven-hour and 37-minute gap in the White House phone logs on January 6th. Of course, he didn't. But in other news, Alex, Truth Social's new weekly users are down 93% from its launch, and Trump was heard saying, quote, what the fuck is going on, in reference to it. So... <laughs> With all that,
0: I think that's what we all asked when he launched the <laughs> yeah. app.
1: Well, look, here's the problem, right? You create an app in which it totally um, part of the whole thing is owning the libs. But if you won't let any libs on it to own and argue with, what's the sense of going there, right? So I, I think the whole thing it was always crazy from the get go. But you you cut out the very reason um, that. Magas want to be on a social media platform. Uh, Anyway, interesting. But uh, so where do you want to start, Alex? What's going on?
0: Uh, As fun as it is to talk about truth social, completely cratering. I think we have to hit. We actually had a bunch of good reader questions.
1: uh, The headline is it failed. It's failing fantastically. fantastically. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry. Even it's failing beautifully. It's failing beautifully.
1: It's a huge failure. Some say it's the biggest failure anybody's ever seen. Lots of people are talking about
0: it. Okay, next. (laughs) Well, I hate to talk more about failure, but we do have some good reader questions that kind of hit what you and I and and our friends at the Lincoln Project have been talking about this week. James from Arizona asked this question and figured we'd lead with it. Joe, look into your crystal ball. What is the winning Democratic message for the fall going to be?
1: Uh, Look, you know, I agree with something Reed Galen from the Lincoln Project said recently. I think it was in a tweet. I'm going to quote him. They have to want to repair the damage. They have to agree on what we believe in. They have to talk to voters in places like rural areas and churches. They have to get off the coast and into the country. These wounds are self-inflicted and the GOP will take full advantage of them. And, uh, you know, and, and one of the things is just the complete failure to drive the economic message, we've halved halved the deficit, record job growth, economic growth increased significantly in the fourth quarter here. Biden's now releasing 180 million barrels from our strategic reserve, which Trump wanted to cut. And all the stuff that they're complaining about, uh, you know, in terms of all this, they didn't vote for anything. Not a single Republican voted for any of it. And, and, but they, they will also go out uh, and, you know, and and say, uh, you, know, you know, and sort of uh, p- pound their chest about projects that are now being built in their districts and stuff and claiming that, that, that you know, claiming uh, that that success is their doing. But we've got to get, take it to them um, and tie them to to the people like, Madison Cawthorn and uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and the crazies that that are running the party right now and and push through on a clear economic message. I don't think it's built back better. It's 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 uh, I mean, that's that's nice and everything, but it should be, you know, uh, there should be a rural bill. There should be uh, uh, a a bill for uh, working Americans Um, Instead of the, you know, the the way we're and then, by the way, we're arguing about what should be in these bills instead of just coming to agreement and getting something done, which is, I think, something that's really important. We've gotten a lot done, but we don't talk about
0: it. I mean, a good example, Joe, is is I think AOC came out today and said that Joe Biden got played by Manchin and just the kind of push pull between the, the far left of the party and the moderates.
1: Yeah. Look, if, if Manchin wasn't in the Senate, we wouldn't have a Supreme Court justice being approved right now. I <laughs> mean, You know, it, it's like, look, we we've got what we've got. We've got very slim mar- very, no margin at all in the Senate. Uh, and so complaining about that margin. So it's, oh, it's go out and elect more Democrats, damn it. And the way to do that is to stop the the fighting between wings and find where we can pass things. Uh, Maybe not big, big, you know, uh, multifaceted bills, but, um, you you know, rural broadband. I mean, just things that call out to people that we're fighting for them instead of fighting with each other. That's what we've got to do. And
0: we've got, you know, limited time here to do it. Well, and don't forget, I mean, one of the other things that we probably need to keep hammering is uh, the Trump-Russia stuff, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I mean, look, that's a whole thing here. This is a party, you know, with
1: its leader, Donald Trump, trying to do, you know, calling on Putin in the middle of a, a vicious invasion for for a favor. You know, sir, I have to ask a favor, though. And he's doing it again out in, out in the open. Um, you know, you remember when he asked, you know, if you're listening, Russia, if you're listening, he's doing that again in the middle of this war. Uh what, you know, as I think it was Liz Cheney who asked, what American, let alone a former president, would be asking our enemy for a favor in the middle of the war? I'm paraphrasing her, but it's, it, you know, it, it it makes the point. And, you know, look, the, 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 the interesting thing was, I don't know if you saw the uh, uh, Russian government official on Russian TV uh, saying that what they needed to do now is... Get re- regime change in America by helping uh, our partner Donald Trump again. And the key word I think was again. It, people again. focused on our yeah. partner uh, of Putin, uh, but what was interesting was he said helping our partner, uh, our helping our partner Trump again uh, to become the president of the United States. And he and he said. Prior to the 2024 election, so this is like they they haven't done that before. No, that was all a hoax, right? The whole Russia Gate thing was a was a, a hoax. Well, they, it, it's not just that, but it's Tucker Carlson saying, you know what, you know why shouldn't I be rooting for the Russians? Because I am. Uh, I mean, this is like a really there's a you know it's it's Fox News, it's it's Donald Trump. It's um, everybody who is involved in the insurrection who still uh, is trying to tell us it was tourists. Uh, and and they're, they're still continuing to do this out in the open after Putin invaded Ukraine. Uh, I guess they think he's only targeting the military there and, and, not, and not innocent civilians and, you know, whatever. It's just it, we have to tie them to that and then make the case that in the most disruptive two years in America's lifetime because of COVID, because of what's happening with the authoritarian threat around the world and now being seen clearly in Ukraine, that Joe Biden is calm, steady leadership that is pulling the world together and taking on these crises collectively. I mean, there's more than one of them going on at the same time. Uh, and has done a really uh, amazing job. And it's not just him. It's the people around him. It's, it's his State Department. Um, it, it, you know, it is our military uh, that, are, that are moving uh, weapons at record time and in massive amounts uh, into the war zone and at a time when, yeah, yeah, everybody wants it all to get there yesterday, but it's getting there faster than any time in our history. And that's all due to the, the the kind of leadership that not just Biden, but the people around him ha- are implementing. And we need to make that really clear to the American people. And we have the other thing is we have to repeat it. That's what they do. They just keep repeating the lie over and over and over and over again. And you now have like in a, uh, it was a PRR, PRRI poll um, of 19,000 people that showed that 16 percent, actually 17 percent of Americans, excuse me, um, believe in QAnon conspiracies, uh, including that uh, we need to use violence uh, to remove uh, the elites and put in our rightful leaders. Well, who's the rightful leader they want to put in? And that's you know that's it's it's 17 percent, but that's a, a big number, and that's also why. The Republican Party
0: can't move away from those people, can't denounce them, can't kick them out. Well, yeah, that number goes up to, I think, a quarter of yeah, Republicans. Repu- Republicans. And, and by the way, those are the really engaged ones. So you start looking at primaries, Yeah. you start looking at so, the 2024 primaries. Right. Who do you think that first 25% of turnout is? Right. They've got a party, they're holding a party
1: hostage, in the, and the the leaders of the party are too chicken to take them on because it means they would lose those votes in the 2022 election. Uh, And so you've got this, this, you know, it it is a dark spiral um, of continuing to fuel these conspiracy theories. And the violence that we saw on January 6th, you know, they're continuing to fuel that. It's grown. What was interesting about that poll was back in, uh, I think it was March of last year, it was only 14% who believed in these conspiracies and believed in force and all that stuff to, to, to take the country back, you, you know, and put, you know, and, 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 make it there, you, you know, the, the stuff we're seeing out there, uh, don't say gay, um, you know, banning abortion, um, uh, all Interracial that stuff. marriage, Interracial marriage all it, manage, yeah. yeah, all that stuff. That's what they want to, th- these people want to implement. Well, what was it? 14% in March, by October, it was at 17%. It had grown over all of 2021. And they haven't done released, you know, the latest numbers. I'd you know, it, be very interested to see, but I don't believe it shrunk. I think it's still growing. And, and it's Tucker Carlson, Donald Trump, uh, Matthew, uh, excuse me, Tucker Carlson, Donald Trump, Madison Cawthorn, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and uh, Pompeo, uh, all of them are are continuing to spew this garbage
0: yeah, the and you can speak to this better than most, but you know that a loud, motivated quarter of a party that'll win you a state in a presidential primary
1: Oh yeah there and and, and that's still one of the reasons I think uh, there's hope for 2022 with all the doom and gloom it's got there with Democrats uh, is you know at some level, I think. More of their crazies are going to win their nominations because of the, what we're talking about, um, and now you, have, you, you and you actually are going to have QAnon nominees. I mean, people who are you know uh, proud supporters of QAnon saying it a, as the nominees of the Republican Party. I, I think it, you know that will create a situation where people, if we making the case. That we're fighting for people out there, that we're creating jobs, that we are focused on inflation, that we're doing, that that, that all of this is is it in a moment of absolute crisis that's happened uh, and disruption in people's lives like none we've seen in our lifetimes, not in mine, is being we're we're getting through it. And we're coming out the other side stronger with a stronger economy, strongest economy in the world. Outgrowing our our growth rate is faster than China's. That hasn't happened in decades, um, and we need to make that case. Oh, and our,
0: our our numbers aren't fudged, as far as I know.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're not. Yeah. And so what I'm saying is, uh, we we've got to uh, make the case of who they are and what we're fighting for, and it's got to be a mantra. It's got to be. You know, the party of Putin versus uh, the the last pro-democracy party in the country right now who's fighting for you and, you know, creating jobs, uh, building a strong economy uh, and building a a future and doing it calmly and with calm, steady leadership, not the crazy whack job uh, chaos, chaos machine um, that Trump was when he was president, and you know, and the outrage machine of Fox and Breitbart and Newsmax and oh, and they're going to keep doing the mantra. They'll create another outrage tomorrow and keep banging away on it until enough people believe it um, that are in that bubble. And we do not repeat ourselves. We'll 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 say, hey, you know, we 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 did this, and one then the tweet. next day, yeah, yeah, one tweet, and it's yep. over. It's that's crazy. We have to. We never built that. The mainstream media is never going to basically constantly tout like the right wing media does every day. Trump's great. Trump's great. Trump's great. Uh, He can do no wrong. There's no way the mainstream media is ever going to do that about Joe Biden. When he makes a mistake, they're going to call him on it and they're going to challenge him. And so when you have the right wing media always saying uh, that that. You know he's terrible. He's he, he, you know he worships Satan or whatever the hell they're saying this week. Um, and the mainstream media uh, doing either both sides or hey here's what here here's what both what Joe what Joe Biden uh, uh, did wrong today. It, you know you got basically seventy five percent of the time they report when he does you know when 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 the jobs numbers go up and all those things. But in the end. It's constant negative reinforcement, and there's not a, uh, a corresponding uh, communications uh, uh, network, uh, and I don't mean a TV network or a cable network. I'm talking about just a, a, a very disciplined messaging system built um, to push back against all the lies.
0: Joe, since we've done a couple of town halls recently, I know if you haven't if you haven't heard it yet, if you go to jointheunion.us, you can watch Joe on the last Union town hall. Um, our friends at the Lincoln Project that just did one too. We've actually gotten a ton of questions in, um, most of them directed at you, actually, both for the pod and on email. So, figured we'd hit as many as we could today in what I'm calling the listener question lightning round. Now, you mean we're actually going to
1: do listening? Quit. We've done questions.
0: several, and this is where. Just to peel back the curtain a little bit. Generally speaking, our show we hit two or three topics. Joe has some talking points he wants to hit. We we sketch them out, and then obviously Joe goes. Joe does not have talking points for any of these, so who knows? Joe doesn't know what's going to happen on these, so this this okay. should be fun. Oh, that's yeah, I'm looking right. forward to it. Bill from Iowa says, "What's going to happen to the Iowa caucus and the nominating order? Is this a good thing or not for Democrats?"
1: Uh, I I. I I think uh, it's very likely Iowa. the Iowa caucuses are, are finished, at least uh, I'm pretty sure that's where the party, the DNC, is headed when they put the calendar together. Uh, personally, I've got my doubts about whether that's a good thing, and I'll talk about that in a second, but uh, I think the order's likely to be New Hampshire first, South Carolina second, Nevada third, and I'm still... I don't know how to put this, but the fourth state, I think they're they're leaning towards making Michigan the fourth state uh, uh, because it's a it'll be a crucial battleground. Um, and, it, you know, you come out of New Hampshire, South Carolina, Nevada, and then you go to a big mid- Midwestern state. I think that's there's a couple of problems with that, if that's how it plays out. The first is the first problem that Michigan will pose. Is unless you've caught some buyer out of uh, New Hampshire, South Carolina, you know, one of those earlier states, the amount of money a state the size of Michigan is going to take is just re- having been through the process like nine times. Very few candidates will have that pot put together to make that to, to make a real go of it in a state the size of Michigan. So I I I, I think. That that's what's going to happen, but I think that's going to put an onus on the first three states. Then, in other words, you have to win one of those first two, through two or three, and get some momentum and press moving and s- social media going, um, so that you can you can you know make a stand in, in Michigan. Uh, Iowa, I think, is uh, what I worry about is that the Republicans will hold an Iowa caucus. Uh, they're not going to move away from it. Uh, and and so they're holding an Iowa caucus, Democrats or not. I think it goes, again, what Reed was saying um, earlier when I uh, quoted him in the show about going to rural America, I think the Republicans will say, here, like they're walking out of Iowa, they're banning no, they rural. Are, they're in, already saying yeah, it. Yeah, they're going to abandon rural America. Uh, and so from a messaging side of things, I'm not sure... Um, that it makes sense. Personally, I've always thought uh, that the Iowa caucuses are a, a place where uh, a very little-known candidate, uh, because it is organizing, because it is, um, you, you know, the candidate being in those small rooms, and New Hampshire does that too, but I, I, I always thought Iowa and New Hampshire in particular combined... Gave some unknown candidate a shot, um, which with Iowa gone, like I said, that's going to put more onus on an importance in New Hampshire. And then uh, and then I think, like, like I said, if you're not out of the box fast, man, by the time you get to number four, if it's Michigan, you're going to have real problems. So I, th- I definitely think there's going to be bigger implications than people think if the Iowa caucuses are gone. And right now, if I had to bet, I'd bet they are. However, the last thing I'd say is I've seen a lot of times where uh, one faction or more of Democrats have tried to maneuver and change the calendar, uh, including uh, removing Iowa in earlier years. And at the last minute, um, they chickened out and Iowa remains. So we'll see. But right now, I don't think it's going to be there.
0: Well, and you've had, I mean, you've had a lot of big wins, but you've had some of the biggest wins of your career in Iowa. You know exactly how what, what it takes from an organizing perspective to, to come out of there on top.
1: No, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, am uh, uh, you know, I, I wanted, uh, uh, the state, uh, dating myself for vice president Mondale in 84, one, and we went again. And when I was with Dick Gephardt in 88, um, you know, the reality is, and, and you know, Gephardt was, was not, you know, a leading candidate, uh, to win that state. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, Dukakis was supposed to win it, you know, you know, so you can out organize people. And if you have a message uh, that people respond to in in the state, you can you can move. It. And it's not necessarily a progressive message or, you, you know, it's not it's not, you know, it, 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 sort of the caricature that came out of the 2020 um, uh, process. It's not necessarily, and maybe that's where the states moved to. Uh, but in my uh, uh, every time I've been there, um, I thought it 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 gave everybody a fair shot, including, by the way, in two thousand eight uh, when Hillary Clinton was the odds-on favorite, she took third. Uh, you know, Obama. You know, Iowa. You, you know, uh, gave Obama. Uh, the launching pad. And uh, and John Edwards took second there. So it's not, that's 2008, that's still 12 years ago, or uh, more than that, 14. But the, the point is that, look, you, you didn't have 2012, Obama doesn't, you know, there's no primary. 2016 and 20 are what people are sort of reacting to. Uh, and, and and I think, look, the caucuses themselves, the caucus process itself is, it makes it easy to organize if you have a message. And, and um, uh, I think that I'd still like, like, you know, Gary Hart in 84 had no chance at all. Uh, the only reason you know Gary Hart's name is because he took second in Iowa. So I, and I know those, some of those are ancient, but what I'm saying is recent history, you know, you look at 2008, You know, that
0: that was a a, a, it wasn't like, well, and it's probably why, you know, Joe Biden's name, too, ultimately, after being the vice president, setting himself up for another run for a real run at the presidency with eight years of the vice presidency under his belt. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I think but like they didn't vote for Biden. Right. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's not like um, uh, and, and part of that was because I think, look, there's no way Joe Biden could do the door to door. 500 coffees in 600 towns campaigning that you got to do in in Iowa. It's not New Hampshire sort of because it's a primary It sort of, uh, you know, has some of that. But it's still uh, a place you can win di- without as much direct contact. Iowa kind of demands it. It has to happen. And if you can't, if you're not going to put that kind of time and effort into it, you're going to get beat which is what happened to Joe Biden. I think that has more to do. I think if Joe Biden could have gone, uh, would have done 500 coffees in, in Iowa, by the way, I don't blame him for skipping it, uh, for, you know, for not doing that. I mean, uh, it worked out for him. But I'm saying I think that had more to do with it than any kind of ideological bent of, of caucus attenders. But that that's just me. In the end, though, it's, um, I think it's probably moot. I think uh, Iowa's uh, gone. I think also the snafu of counting in the last, you know, in the last
0: caucus is another oh, uh, yeah, that big, bad.
1: that's, that's another thing that, that I think is probably the final nail in the coffin there.
0: All right. Jack from North Carolina asking about, hopefully not his congressman, but one of them, what Joe are we going to do with or about Madison Gothorn? Are we just stuck with him?
1: Oh, I'm pretty sure we're stuck with him. I think the first thing is the Republicans have got to stop doing those orgies and the cocaine parties, man. I mean, it's like, you know, he, you know, he, he's, he's, uh, you know, what are they going to do with him? I mean, (laughs) you know, I mean, these poor, uh, these guys are like all, all poor mouthing about how they're getting calls in their congressional office asking them if they're one of the ones going to the orgies and the and in the cocaine parties, it would be a shame if people were calling those house office, Republican House Man, offices that would be in those districts shame. and asking those kinds of questions. Uh, maybe that's one of the ways uh, Madison Cawthorn gets some real heat from from his own caucus. He's already getting some. I mean, yes. I mean, McCarthy is 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 going to talk to him, he's going to have a talk with him. Or did already have a
0: talk with him? Great, yeah. More talking. Yeah, well, it doesn't. Yeah. We all know what's yeah, going to so, happen. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh, no, I don't think they're going to. Yeah, I don't think anything. The, the Republican Party that just tells you how afraid they are of everything, like that they won't, they they can't even boot a guy to the side that tells everybody that the Republican that Republicans are holding orgies and cocaine parties in Washington. Yeah.
0: You know, oh, he's lying. Okay. Yeah, that's good. And you'll talk to him. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I do wonder if having Cawthorn and MTG and Beaubert and all these people a- as minority members still right now distracts like the rest of America somewhat from how w- w- the implications of how nuts they are. Like, we're all here kind of having a good chuckle about this. We're every time MTG says something, we kind of roll our eyes. Uh, same with Babert and all of them, Jim Jordan. But it really doesn't affect like my day-to-day life. But if they're in the majority, all of a sudden, it really does fast. Well,
1: well look, uh, uh, they had a, the majority of their caucus, 139, voted to not certify Joe Biden as the lawful president and legally elected president of the United States. They literally voted for the insurrection. If they're in the majority, if they had been in the majority on January 6th, There's no doubt that they would have not certified Joe Biden and kicked it back to the Republicans, the six or eight state. You know, the whole Eastman memo all would have happened Um, to think that uh, McCarthy is going to be the speaker is crazy. It's going to be somebody like Jim Jordan or Marjorie, three names. And um, and uh, and they will. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of, uh, yes, the the investigations and everything that will be launched immediately and the impeachment of Joe Biden and all that, all those things. And, you know, and and probably um, a federal law outlawing interracial marriage and all kinds of, of crazy things like that are going to happen. But the, the craziest and most terrifying thing would be if they are in the majority to certify the president of the United States, the vote for it in, you know, January of of uh, twenty, uh, I guess that would be twenty twenty five, right after the twenty twenty four election. You know, to think that these crazy folks are not will one—they're already a majority of that caucus, and they're, they they w- they will control who the speaker is. They will control the votes, and they will again be purging or punishing anybody who doesn't vote for, for uh, to certify their dear leader. Um, you know, that's why the 2022 election, I think, is so important.
0: Eric from Maine asks about his home state senator announcing her support for Judge Jackson. Anything we should read into or is bipartisanship just still totally dead?
1: Well, I mean, one, uh, it, it's it's great that uh, Susan Collins is supporting Judge Jackson. Uh, so that's a good thing. Um, uh, you know, Doug Jones, uh, who you and I worked for, is the Sherpa uh, for Judge Jackson. And I know he's out there and she is trying to get as many, as much support among Republicans as possible. But I still think, uh, you know, be lucky if you get Romney, uh, maybe Murkowski, who knows. But I mean, I don't think it's going to be more than two or three, if that. I I know we all hope it would be bigger. And I know uh, Doug Jones and Judge Jackson and the administration is working uh, to get as big a bipartisan vote as possible. But in the end, you know, we're talking about, you know, most of the nominees prior to recent years were like ninety eight percent, you know, ninety eight percent of the, the Senate, ninety eight senators to two or, or ninety four. Right, and the six. and the no votes
0: were like a big deal. It was like I yeah. can't believe you're breaking this kind of decorum thing.
1: Right. Yeah. And so, and here she is, the most qualified of any of them that's ever been put to the, to nominated, uh, has experience that the others don't have. Um, and all the experience they do have. Uh, and so, you know, it, to get to 53, if it happens, would be great to get to 54. I mean, you know, you know, miracle of miracles, get, get to 55 somehow, which I don't think is going to happen. And then to call it, yeah, yeah, bipart- at least the bipartisanship that should be there uh, for somebody of her caliber is not there. And so, yeah, I would argue that, again, I wouldn't read anything like some big breakthrough in bipartisanship, no matter how high that number goes, because it's not going to be anywhere near the the 92
0: or 96 uh, that it should be. Well, I gave you a choice. We got a couple more we'll get to next week. But, Joe, that's all the time we've got. Well, thanks for
1: listening to that trippy show. Here's a quick union update. As you're listening to this. We'll have crossed 50,000 volunteers for the union. We've got a training coming up I think you'll really like. Make sure you sign up at jointheunion.us. It's really important, particularly in all these factors we're talking about, a comms corps to take on the disinformation, an activist corps to organize, to register, get out votes, uh, a legal corps. Uh, to help uh, fight the legal battles that were, are going on today in states uh, around the country, to, where they're trying to suppress voting, and also and pass you know really bad legislation. At the same time, prepare for election day. We've got to keep polls open with injunctions and court orders. So uh, and, and plenty more. If you you know we need people who can design graphics. We need um, uh, people who can build the tech tools that that need to be. Uh, built to empower more Americans. And we need your help to build the union. It's 50,000 now If everybody who is a member went out and got one more friend, one more coworker, one more neighbor. I know I'm a broken record on this, but you know, we get to 100,000 pretty quick and we want to build it into the millions between now and November. So look, we'll be back next week. And of course, please subscribe to That Trippy Show. Leave a review on Apple or wherever you listen. You can always send us a question to that trippy show at gmail.com or leave us a question in the review on iTunes. See you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus,